Normally, when you win a game that gets you into first in the Central Division, you'd be celebrating to the high hills. But with the injury to Kyle Connor and the uncertainty over the time that he might miss, Jets fans are understandably nervous. We'll talk about everything that happened in this game and what's next for Winnipeg on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Now, like I said, the Jets just beat the Anaheim Ducks 4-2, and you know, with the win, the Jets move into first in the Central. Obviously, this is a pretty big milestone for Winnipeg. We have not been first in this division in a while. Uh, It's, you know, look, it it is still pretty early in the season, but I think it's a pretty fair reflection of how generally good the Jets have been this year. They've played just about as many games as, you know, the Dallas Stars and Colorado Avalanche. They have, you know, mustered a pretty strong record defensively. Overall, they're pretty good. Offensively, there's still some work to do, and the special teams definitely have some obvious gaps. But overall, right, this team at 16-8-2, you feel pretty good about uh, where this team is. You know, now they're on a four-game winning streak again. They've had multiple winning streaks already. This team seems legit, right? And, you know, for this game, it was kind of funny because this was one of those classic trap games for the Jets against a team that is one and nine in their last 10 and Winnipeg, you know, it has occasionally come across these teams where quite frankly, the Jets should smack them and they don't, right? They haven't done that as much this year, generally against bad teams. The Jets have outplayed them and taken care of business, but once in a while you come across an opponent where uh, suddenly things don't go according to plan. Now, This game kind of had that happen, but not in the way that I think people were really anticipating. The first period was pretty sleepy. Uh, Both the Ducks and Jets traded some chances. There were some power plays, and no one really uh, managed to break through. But it wasn't until the injury to Kyle Connor that everything sort of turned on its head. And if you didn't see it, Ryan Strom caught Connor as he was cutting across the slot and stuck out his knee, it looked like, and knee on knee him, which... Immediately, Kyle went down. I'm not going to do like a Twitter medicine doctory sort of thing, right? But all I can say is his knee did not look good, and he could not get up off the ice under his own power. He wasn't even really moving when he was down, you know. So obviously, whatever the injury is, it's it's probably not a short-term thing. I think we could be seeing him out for multiple games, maybe even longer. I think the big concern right now is 
you know, is it for the rest of the season? But we'll talk about that later. And, you know, some of the scenarios the Jets might have to look at should Kyle Connor miss multiple games or even, you know, a portion to the rest of the season, right? That is sort of, you know, a, a tomorrow discussion. But, you know, in the meantime, right, the Jets had to deal with the loss of Connor. And at first, they really didn't handle it well. Uh, you know, the Ducks were actually the ones to break through first on a very sloppy PK that saw Alex Kalorn uh, end up kind of shoveling the puck past Hellebuck. Things were really frustrating, and I think that sort of caused, you know, tensions to sort of boil over. Everyone was angry. You know, Shifley had already gotten to, into a fight with Strom after the hit, and, you know, the Jets were not happy with uh, the officiating staff and Anaheim, right? And so, obviously, that just sort of it was kind of the icing on a, a bit of a turd cake, right? And then, you know, the Jets came into the third period roaring. They looked pissed off. They looked angry. Ayafalo rang one off the crossbar almost immediately. And then not even like a minute later, Adam Henrique ended up getting like a three-on-two situation where he just sniped one past Hellebuck. And suddenly it just felt like all the air got sucked out of the room, right? You thought, oh, you know, 2 nothing, a 2 nothing lead for the Ducks on a night when the Jets were really struggling to create, this might be the end. Thankfully, though, you know, the Jets are one of those teams where how they've been playing this year, a bad situation doesn't always mean that they're completely out of it. And in this one, Nino Niederreiter ended up getting uh, the ball rolling just a few seconds later after Nemesnikov had a great zone entry, controlled the puck effectively, and then created a perfect uh, cross-slot pass from a sharp angle that Niederreiter just sort of tapped home. And it happened so fast that I think a lot of us weren't even sure if he'd scored. Uh, I thought I saw it come out of the net, so it looked like a goal, but I had to wait until they fully confirmed it to be 100% sure. A uh, really critical goal because suddenly it felt like the Jets had some life again, which in this third period, they were definitely kind of kicking and screaming. They looked like they were ready for a fight. They looked like they were ready to score. And, you know, with John Gibson kind of being besieged at times, he thought, all right, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the chance. And then things got even better when a few minutes later, Morgan Barron shoveled one home on the doorstep after a, uh, a Josh Morrissey shot seemingly bounced off of Gibson. Barron was there being very opportunistic. He had already just had a really important play in the neutral zone where he batted a puck down that would have gotten through for like a 2 on 0 for Anaheim. And then on that same sequence, gets himself into a good scoring area and taps home, you know, his fifth goal of the season, which at this point it felt really critical for this to happen. Uh, now you've got a tie game situation. You're getting rewarded for the hard work that you're doing, and it sets you up for hopefully a game-winning moment later. And thankfully, against all odds, the Jets, you know, rallied, you know, despite the loss of Connor, despite the uh, really stuttering power play the whole night, and Gabriel Velarde deflected a Josh Morrissey point shot in the last two minutes of the game to win it for Winnipeg. So uh, a really critical win, I would say, not because this necessarily, you know, seals a playoff spot for the Jets, but I think with the loss of Connor, right, longer term, if that is the case, the Jets are going to be without one of their primary goal scorers. And so every point that you can scrap out of these games then suddenly becomes a little bit magnified. And, you know, obviously, Velarde cracking his first goal for the Jets, that's a huge deal. 
Great to see him finally get one. It's felt like he's been a little bit overdue. He's had a couple of nice assists. He's had some really good scoring opportunities. But that first goal has maybe been a little bit more elusive for him than I was expecting. But also, he missed a ton of time, so it's really hard to you know read too much into it. But I suspect that over the next few weeks, as he gets more ice time and earns more of a prominent role with this team, that should start to uh, naturally dissipate, right? Shifley ended up finishing it off with a great, you know, empty netter thanks to a nice individual effort from Ehlers. So 4-2 victory, big one. Uh, I'm sure the Jets are going to be thrilled with this. Obviously, they're not going to be happy with who they lost, though, and I think that is a, a bigger concern going forward that's worth spotlighting. But we'll talk about what the Jets can do in the absence of Connor and what this might mean for the team, especially with uh, some potential changes to the roster coming up. Before we do that, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of daily life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for all of the stuff that happens on a daily basis? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of some of the worst bacterial and flu outbreaks over the last few years. And obviously, you know, this is a scary time for a lot of folks. I know I've been sick recently. Uh, I know a lot of you have probably been dealing with some respiratory stuff, and I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than, you know, one of my family members or even, you know, a direct friend or something having an issue with a supply chain, uh, you know, problem, and suddenly they can't get the medicine that they need on a routine basis. Thankfully, though, Jace Medical is here to help. They offer the Jace case, which is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial infections, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and so much more. Stuff that pretty much could happen to almost anyone. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com uh, jacemedical and use offer code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we dive into a, a bit of a chippy affair against the Anaheim Ducks and what it has now cost them. You know, despite a huge win that moves the team into first place in the Central, like I said, really should be a tie for amazing celebration, and yet I think a lot of the mood around Winnipeg is probably a little bit down after such a critical victory. Um, the loss of Kyle Connor is potentially a big, big, big deal, especially if it's long-term. We don't yet know what the status update for him is, but we'll get into kind of how the Jets can deal with it should it be long-term in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I wanted to let you know about something really cool the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now back to the Jets, right? Uh, the loss of Kyle Connor is, a, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it, it is a devastating blow. And I know that we've talked about KFC maybe uh, at times being a bit of a defensive sieve, but make no mistake, offensively and especially with the recent addition of Ehlers to his line, 
KFC has been marvelous. Uh, he's really been scoring loads of goals. He's been participating in build-up more effectively. I feel like he's generally been using his line mates a lot more. He's even made some nice little defensive reads, which is pretty awesome. So to have him now go down with a very serious knee injury is just an absolute gut punch. We just got Velarde back. It just felt like we were starting to turn things around and get healthy again. And all of a sudden, we lose a guy that we almost never see injured, right? He's only ever been out for brief spells thanks to like COVID. Otherwise, he's been, you know, at full strength his entire Jets career. So maybe, maybe we were due for some sort of an injury to him. I mean, almost every other Jets top player has had some injury in the past. And Kyle has somehow been one of the only guys not to get injured. But I think the nature of this injury and how it happened is especially anger-inducing. Like, that knee-on-knee bullcrap just should never have happened. I don't know if Strom meant exactly for what, you know, occurred um, to happen the way that it did, but he did kind of stick his knee out. It looked pretty bad, and I hope he gets suspended for it because that was an ugly, ugly, ugly hit. And for Connor, right, you know, this is uh, a really, really crappy injury to now have to deal with. If he's, you know, set to miss multiple games or even weeks or months or perhaps the rest of the season, the Jets just don't really have anyone internally that's capable of filling that void. So Winnipeg has a couple of options, right? The first option is they could try and trade for somebody, which is potentially a thing. The problem is that now that, you know, Kyle Connor could be going on LTIR, you're going to have reduced cap accrual, right? Which is going to be a problem for the Jets come trade deadline. That cap accrual is really important for making deals, um, especially with a prorated space after you start paying off uh, salaries. So it is really frustrating and it couldn't have come at a worse time. I would also say that, you know, for the Jets, there's just not many players who could even come close to bringing what Kyle Connor does on a routine basis. You got to be talking about like a Buchnevich or a Konechny. And I don't know if the Jets are, are in a position to really make a deal for a player of that caliber. I know I've advocated for it before. Um, I just don't know now that Connor could be out for a long time. We don't know yet, but assuming he is out for a long time, I just don't know if it makes sense to do that deal now. What I would wonder instead is if the Jets might try something internally, right? And I'm not talking about calling up like Toninato or something. I'd be looking at one of Lambert or Shubrikov. I think Shubrikov might be the guy to uh, honestly give an NHL look to first. I think Shubrikov has generally been very good for the Moose. Uh, you see those flashes of high-end skill. He showed it during preseason, during training camp. You got a glimpse of it, and you sort of wonder if he might be a lot more pro-ready than some of the other young prospects. And I don't mean that in the sense that Lambert and Lucius and company are not playing at a pro level. They are. And Lambert right now is actually doing really well for the Moose too. But his game is still a little bit more raw, I would say. And although he and um, Chibrikov have both been playing pro level hockey for a while now, Chibrikov just seems to be at a level that's more NHL ready than Lambert is. And that's not really a knock on Brad. I think it actually says more about just how good Chibrikov might be than anything else. In the event that Trevorkov does get called up, you know, I'm not really expecting him to get tons and tons of games. I would imagine that this is going to be an NHL trial run to see where he is developmentally speaking. Um, and if he does do well, maybe they do keep him around. Uh, I've kind of been thinking about whether the Jets can upgrade internally for a while now, just because Winnipeg obviously has a bigger need to fix the blue line than they do the forward grouping. The loss of Kyle Connor will kind of change that a bit, but overall, right, I'd still say the defense having an upgrade 
would be of more importance longer term and short term just because a more mobile back end would help Winnipeg offensively and also offer more transition ability for a team that, you know, is a little bit heavy footed on the back end. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to balance here. And if KFC is slated to miss a lot of time, I, I don't quite know how you're going to balance this. Um, you know, suddenly the trade market becomes a little bit more more challenging teams are going to know that the jets are now down their top goal scorer, which means that they might ask a king's ransom for us to try and replace him so internally maybe chibrakov or lambert are are one of the guys to call up and see if they can really take the job uh and i look i'm going to be honest i don't think either of them is going to be uh anywhere close to doing what connor does but they can still be effective in their own way and worst case scenario right maybe they get like a middle six deployment and you see like perfetti or velardi get elevated to eat more ice time and take over the reins there. But I, all I can say is like the Jets are going to have to be creative. They do have options and it's not like it's the end of the world, but I'll say this KFC going down really just, it's, it's a bit of a horror show. Um, and for this team that was just starting to get healthy and feel like it was almost complete, that is just a crushing blow to the morale and to the roster construction. It really sucks. Um, it's a shame that it happened to one of our best players I know teams go through injury spells all the time. Just ask the uh, Colorado Avalanche, but I don't even know if the Avs have, are, are missing anyone who has done as much as KFC has recently. Um, Landis Gog would probably be the closest comparison. Maybe the the Devils are a better example with Keishier and Hughes both having missed pretty significant amounts of time this year. It's just really sucky. And uh, for a team that quite frankly should be riding high from a big win to put them in first in the central, it just feels like a downer on the worst possible moment. So let's hope this team does what it's done in the past and really steps up. You know, the next man up mentality can be really helpful for this team. The Jets definitely have plenty of forward talent to work with, and maybe now is time where one of the young prospects really takes the reins and earns a spot a little bit prematurely. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. Let's just hope the Jets are prepared to handle it. Speaking of handling things, the Jets have a very difficult West Coast swing finishing off this week. We'll dive into who's coming up next and what the Jets might have to do to beat them in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. For those of you who are Vikings fans, you might be not feeling great about this after uh, Minnesota just barely won 3-0 against Las Vegas. I didn't even think that was a real game score. I've seen low-scoring games, but I'll tell you what, 3 nothing against the Raiders is, uh, that's a new one on me. But hey, you know, the Vikings still got it done. Maybe they're capable of doing it uh, with Josh Dobbs under center. No matter what, though, as long as you cast that $5 bet, you've got a really good chance at 150 bucks. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use and allows a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Everyday thank you for joining us in tonight's episode as we wrap up with a couple of quick thoughts for Winnipeg's upcoming uh, West Coast swing. They just started it against the Anaheim Ducks, and now they have to face the rest of California's hockey teams in what should be a pretty difficult trip, all told, if we're being honest. Um, and you're going to laugh, right? Because I'm going to say this is a difficult trip after they're facing two teams that are at the bottom of the Pacific. But make no mistake, like the Ducks, they're pretty bad. The Sharks apparently are having a bit of a renaissance. Like they're scoring like five and six goals a game over the last few outings. And it's just come out of nowhere somehow where the forwards are ripping teams apart. The problem for the Sharks is that they don't have a defense and they don't get saves. So that's an advantage for Winnipeg. But I do kind of worry like now that Connor is likely out for this whole trip, you know, how are the Jets going to cope with a San Jose four check and scoring rate that might be enough to put the Jets in a bit of a hole. Uh, when it, or the, the Sharks have like, you wouldn't believe it, but they've scored six goals against the Wings. They've scored five against the Islanders. They scored five against the Rangers, and they scored six against the Devils. You're going to look at those teams and say, well, that's not all that impressive. But look, right, the Sharks team was expected to be worse than the league, and they were somehow even worse than expectations. I don't know how you get worse than last in the NHL, but somehow the Sharks very nearly found it. All that said, their recent turn in form has made me kind of worry about this game. It's a 10-30 start. It's a road game. And look, you know, the Jets, after not exactly being as sharp as they could be against the Ducks, you do wonder if, you know, this could be a problem against San Jose. And they kind of need those two points because the day after on Wednesday, they've got the LA Kings. And the Kings are a tough, tough customer. I know the Kings have lost a few games recently. They haven't looked nearly as sharp. They just got uh, blown out a little bit by the Rangers this evening, and they also lost to the Islanders yesterday. But all I can say is, for the most part, the Kings have been winning a lot of games. They took the the Habs, uh, the Avalanche, and the Blue Jackets to task. They ripped apart the Yotes and the Ducks. They've eviscerated the Blues. They beat the Panthers. I mean, this team is really good. They've also embarrassed Vegas, which you know the Jets have yet to do this year. So... Make no mistake, the Kings are for real. Even if they have slight bumps along the way, this LA team is you know, very much at the top of the Pacific uh, for a reason. Maybe they're not as good as Vegas. Maybe they're trailing a few points behind, but you know, they've got several games in hand. And honestly, with how they're playing, you know, this is not a squad that you can really bet against. So Vegas, uh, the Kings, you know, all these teams in the in the Pacific, they're gonna be a tough one uh, to face in the postseason. So Let's hope the Jets can kind of come through this West Coast trip with at least, you know, three points. They've already got two of them. If they can scratch out one more somewhere between San Jose and L.A., I'd be pretty satisfied, especially all things considered, you know, looking at the circumstances of what's happened to the team, the loss of Kyle Connor, all that stuff. But, you know, the Jets have rallied recently and come up with some really big performances. They, quite frankly, slapped the uh, the Colorado Avalanche around a good bit, so Maybe this is a sign that things are turning around. Maybe this team is capable of winning games even when they're truly not at their best. Uh, but hey, you know what? All told, if the Jets lose both of their next games, it is what it is. I still think they've got something in the tank and can come out with a victory before they come back home for the weekend. But let me know what you think about this road trip. What is your project prediction? I think the Jets will take uh, the Sharks game like five to three. Uh, the Kings game, I'm thinking a 2-4, to four, a 4-2 loss. 
but maybe they surprise us. You know, the Jets have occasionally had some really big games. Borsois is going to have to start one of these ones. So let's hope that Bross, if he goes against the Sharks, puts on a really good show like he did in his last game because that last performance was pretty darn phenomenal. I know the uh, the Canes didn't exactly give him the hardest scoring attempts, but look, any shot can be dangerous with this team, and I'm just glad that Brassois was wise to everything. So cross your fingers. Big week of hockey coming up in a few days. Let's hope the Jets can pull it off. We'll dive into what the lineups might look like against the Sharks on tomorrow's episode, but for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow with hopefully a positive update on Kyle Connor. So stay tuned. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.